Everybody, welcome to Pretty Scary. Pretty Scary Boo. Boo. I'm Adam Todd Brown. I'm Caitlin Cut. We are your hosts of this podcast. You probably yes. already knew that, I hope. What if they didn't? What, well, given the topic, it's very possible that this will be the first episode some people That's listen exactly to. exactly why I asked you that. We're, we're so on the, the same page for this episode. I'm so excited. Well, we visualized our response. And... I have a vision board for the episode. Too bad it's a podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because you can, you can see it. You can see my vision board. I do see your vision board. Uh, yeah. It looks like there are, is that mushrooms? Yes, there are mushrooms. Okay, um, and then uh, is that body parts on the other one? Yep. Nice. Yep, because we're talking about things growing in the dark and then becoming something living. Correct. How about that? We are talking about the secret. Okay. So I really feel that I need to say this at the top of the episode. And I think you and I are on the same page with this. The surface level tenets of the secret are things that I personally do buy into. (laughs) Well, yeah, I I agree with that. The underlying uh, ideas behind the secret, I do have some I, I do take some stock in but they're also things that have been around since like 1910 so so what I yes yeah, so what I was going to say is what you realize when you get into the secret is that the secret is actually a consolidation of so it's not even a consolidation it it is a collection of knowledge that points to the fact that there is kind of a ribbon of commonality between a lot of different I want to call it self-help, new age. You know, there's another term for it. We're going to get into it. Um, that methodologies that have been around for a very long time. Right. Like and very, very long time. Then there's another portion of this that gets a little big in concept. Right. Um, that involves ancient knowledge that is streamed essentially through different people. So the secret is this combination of like seeing these consistent tenets through all these different philosophies paired up with, and by the way, this is where it comes from. Yeah, I think I have a a slightly different take on the secret itself. I think the secret takes all those ideas and oversimplifies them in a- That's kind of what I'm saying. Kind of negative and dangerous way. Yeah. Like the secret to me is- a, a form of religion almost for people who want something to confirm their idea that if you're poor, it's because you're not working hard enough. Like the secret to me takes any yeah, environmental factors or any like big picture factors and just says, ignore all those. And that's how you get uh, Trump. And that's how you get Kanye West. And that's how you get people who are like, look, I know I'm a shit stain. But I don't listen to negative opinions about myself. Everything I do is because it's what I want to do. And it's like, sometimes you need to listen to negative opinions about yourself. Right. Um, One of the things that I really want to say is that, you know, while there are aspects of this that I really do believe in and, and, and I've seen in my own life, none of those things got activated in a healthy way until I (laughs) went to therapy. Yeah. (laughs) So like... I think I think that the danger with this, with any religion, with any methodology, with any kind of whatever, is exactly what you're pointing out, which is you can't mistake a system in place that could very well help you rehabilitate yourself on a certain level um, as a way to avoid accountability for your character as a person. Correct. That is absolutely correct. Right. And, and I think that's what the secret does for people, is it? strips them of that accountability. Yeah. And, you know, lately for me, one of the things that I've become very fascinated with, like a very woo-woo term for this is is, um, shadow work. You know, another term for it would be like spiritual alchemy, meaning 
that everybody has good and bad qualities. Right. And the shadow self is like this really great analogy because if you don't work on the darker sides of yourself and you only work on the positive, your shadow becomes more and more sharply articulated and harder to ignore. Right. Um, so, you know, about a year and a half ago, well, no longer than that now, two years ago, I had a nervous breakdown. So that was great. A lot of that came from That not- was great, Caitlin. <laughs> I like that a lot. As long as I've known you, I've been like, when is this fucking Caitlin going to have that nervous breakdown? And you were here for it. <laughs> and it did not disappoint. It really didn't. It was bad. <laughs> it was really bad. Um, and I like to talk about it with people because I don't want people to feel bad about confronting things, right? So yeah. I had this nervous breakdown. And the first thing I did was really start to look for positive things in my life because this nervous breakdown came about because I just couldn't see anything good. I really genuinely, like, it was impossible for me to see anything positive. So I worked on that. And now, after working on that in therapy, (laughs) um, these principles started to take root in my life in a way that was helpful. But they're so dangerous if you just treat them as a, you know, this is it, this fixes everything, this is fine. Yeah, it's almost the... The way the secret approaches these ideas, because I was I was first introduced to the basic ideas of like visualization and uh, positive thinking. Weirdly enough, when I was selling furniture for a living in my early twenties, sales. We're gonna get into. I mean, there's so much positive thinking technology. Yeah, (laughs) in sales and and it's real. The way I found it, I actually still have the book. I've I've had it pretty much like for 20 years now. And the book is called The Secrets of Super Selling. And it's out of print now, but it's basically the secret uh, stripped of all the weird, all the like negative stuff because it's just about selling. So it's about like, well, you you need right. to have a positive attitude if you're approaching people trying to sell them. You won't make it. Yeah, you're not going to approach someone and be like, hey, how about this fucking piece of shit couch over here? You want to give me $1,400 <laughs> for it, you shit? It's not going to work. But, and I've actually yeah. done, like, there I there was a point in my life, I was living in South Dakota, and I had read the Secrets of Super Selling book again, and one of the things it says to do is record yourself saying the things you want, and then listen to it while you're sleeping. And I did that. Yeah. And... I did that for a couple of months. At the time, I was living in South Dakota. I was working for Cracked, but just as a freelancer. Like, I I had a day job also. And the main thing I told myself was that within a year, I was going to have a full-time job with a major publication. And I did. I got a job with Playboy within, like, a year. And I was like, that's cool. Uh, So that, that, like... I I do think there is something to visualization and, you know, kind of programming your subconscious. I just don't think it uh, excuses negative behavior. No. And I mean, okay, so let's get into this because we'll we'll talk about a little bit more about this part in the end also. Um, Holy shit, Caitlin Shadow, man. There he is. Every time we record. Every time. Not a coincidence. It's not. It's not. There's no such thing. It's just not a coincidence. I can't there are wait. no coincidences. It's, I forget what they say in the movie. We'll talk about, we're going to talk about the, we're going to do a bone con episode next week oh, about God. one of oh, the most God. improbable Hollywood films of all time, which is- It tw- might become one of my favorite bad movies of all time. 2020's The Secret, Dare to Dream. Starring- an all-star cast, Katie Holmes, who I fucking love, Josh <laughs> Lucas, who I fucking love, Jerry O'Connell, who I fucking love. Jerry O'Connell is a very big secret guy, by the way. Oh, I I assume everyone in this movie is. Well, I mean, Katie Holmes married a Scientologist, so yeah, we're gonna get to that in the next episode, guys. So yeah. for for to listen to Adam and I emotionally decompress from that movie, tune in next week to the bone con. So, okay. So the secret is, I want to say that when I really looked into the cadence of how all of this came about, my, my head kind of exploded. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Because the secret, the way I saw it, was a self-help book may, uh, put together, I feel like is the best way to say that. Um, Assembled? A, yeah. Uh, collected by a woman named Rhonda Byrne. I, how do you say her name? I've never said it out loud. Oh, I think it's Byrne. I think you might have just misspelled it there. Oh, so cool. it looks weird. But right below That's it, why. you have it spelled right. It's just Byrne. Byrne. Yeah. Rhonda Byrne. The book is based... <laughs> On the movie, The Secret. Yep. So this is my worst nightmare because in a lot of ways, it is a novelization of a book. And I have deep hate for film novelizations, like real anger about them. I don't know why they exist. I'd be happy to hear from anyone who's had a positive experience as a film lover. I tried. Boy, was that a disappointment. Yeah, I can. The only places I see it making sense is like there's a bunch of Star Wars books and Star Wars is such a big universe with so many moving parts like if you want to be enough of a nerd to dive into all of that shout out to Jeff May then you read the books but otherwise you don't need it I don't ever think of Star Wars just to kind of give everybody (laughs) a pop culture look into my brain I never think about those movies I don't hate them I don't feel anything for them. I mean, I love the original three. Who wouldn't? Like, come on. Uh, it's Star Wars. Think- Star Wars fans sometimes put me off, but I like the movies. I go see them, but that's where my relationship with Star Wars ends. And Return I- and uh, the Last Jedi is one of the best Star Wars movies. Fuck you, haters. That was a fun movie. So it, fun. So was Solo. So They're all fine. They're fine. I don't know what people want. You can't do Star Wars all over again. I, I'm sorry that we can't recover your childhood. It sucks, but yeah. You know, anyway, so yeah, so this was the, I, I think, I think what happened, because this is what I would do, is, you know, they, she put this documentary together. Together. So Byrne was born, she's Australian. Um, and right. Ro- yeah, I can't even pretend to do an Australian accent. It's, it's just going to be offensive. Um, she worked as, as an executive producer on very fun, I mean, stuff that you and I would like, uh, stuff, but it's all Australia-based. So she did something called UFOs in Australia. Uh, she did a true crime thing. Uh, just fun. Just like sensing murders, you know, the name of one of her projects. Um, huge global titles that we've all heard of, of course. Sure. Right? Yeah. I own them all on Blu-ray. Yeah. So she basically had a, she lost her dad in 2004. And this was this, it was a very traumatic experience for her. Um, And what we ended up with was this documentary that was incredibly successful. And the documentary is essentially a collection of something like 60 interviews of different people from a lot of different disciplines. Some of them are a little spooky (laughs) if you watch the documentary. A little bit. Um, it's, it's like, it's interesting because when you watch The Secret, the interviews that they get, the, the personality types range anywhere from somebody who could easily be giving a TED talk to somebody commenting, you know, a talking head on ancient aliens. Like we've got the full spectrum of weird, also hyper intellectual individuals all talking about this secret. Am I now, I didn't rewatch the movie for this, but I've seen it before. Am I crazy in remembering that Russell Simmons is in it? I think he is. It's been a while for me, too. I I, I did that already. I'm not doing that again. I'm, yeah. Not, yeah. I'm not watching. I, <laughs> I, I don't need to watch the documentary again. Um, so what I was going to say was I think what happened was, you know, she spurred on by this traumatic event is given this book that we're about to get into that led her down this path. Of, of seeing all these different synchronistic tenant elements of all these different d- disciplines. And she put this documentary together and called it The Secret. And then it was huge. And I think that's why the book came out because the documentary was so well-received that I think it probably, I mean, I would do this, spurs, you know, like this thing. Well, people are going to want to know more and how to work the secret and, and steps to working the secret. But, you know, Frankly, I find this very ironic, Adam, because the secret is built on other self-help principle canons that come with steps and workbooks and tools, which then just went on to create the secret, which then created its own very simplistic (laughs) 
workbooks and tools. Um, and I think that was part of the, I think that was part of the selling point. And it, I just think, I know it was like a worldwide hit, but I feel like the motivation to boil down all of these, what you could call life practices to pretty simple instructions is maybe one of the most capitalistic impulses I've ever seen manifested in the self-help world. Yeah. Like, it's like somebody, I mean, basically it's the attitude. If you're bringing the attitude to rebuilding your life, if if the attitude you're bringing is, look, I want to change my whole life, but I got to make this quick. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how healthy that impulse is to begin with, which is, you know, again, you know, we talked about it at the top. We're going to talk about it at the bottom, but I think it of the bottom of the episode, but I think it's, it's what attracts and can create some unhealthy dynamics in this because the whole point of it was to simplify many, many schools of thought. Right. And it's not really a thing that like, I get the, the want to simplify this, but it's already pretty simple. And like the basic ideas behind it are pretty simple. And I feel like the way The Secret presents it is almost kind of condescending. Like Dave Chappelle has a great bit about The Secret where he talks about how after all the stuff happened with his TV show, people would approach him and they'd be like, you know, you just need to keep your chin up. That's all. Just think positive. And he's like, oh, really? That's that's all you have to do to get rid of systemic racism in Hollywood is keep your chin up. And he yeah. brings up a good example of, well, what about a, a starving kid in Africa? Is Does that kid just need to visualize roast beef and then they'll have it? Like there are bigger factors at play in a lot of people's lives where it's going to take more than just positive thinking and visualization to get past it. Yeah, I mean, I think that the reason why the secret has some problems to it is because there are other schools of thought in this realm that are take that idea and complicate it in a really necessary way. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm going to get to that in a minute, but the secret definitely yada yada is over a lot of this shit. So let's talk about like the biggest influences that feed into the secret. Um, there are a lot, but I picked my favorites. Yeah. Okay. So, um, first of all, one thing you have to wrap your mind around is this thing called the new thought movement. So the new thought movement holds that an infinite intelligence or God, not a Christian God, definitely 100%, not the God that you're yelling about your, you know, yelling at your parents at saying doesn't exist. We're talking about very different kind of thing here. Um, but kind it's a good of. Word. I, I do think this is very similar to, uh, the, I, the notion of prayer like it's not a whole lot different the only well, I'm, just, I'm just saying that it you have to work you have to give it the space to take it out of the judeo-christian context that's right. what i'm saying like so i'm not saying that this gets into prayer this gets into all of that but it's not dealing in or peddling the garbage and baggage that comes with western religion technically does that right. make sense yeah okay so this idea is that infinite intelligence or God is everywhere. And the spirit is the totality of real things. Human selfhood is divine, which is definitely one huge departure. Like that's the first thing you can point to that is a big departure from Western religion, which is God is not something separate from you. You are an extension and an expression of this intelligence and or God itself. Right. So the divine thought, this divine energy is all a source of good it is all here to move towards good this is the icky part sickness originates in the mind and quote right thinking has a healing effect Woo, that's dangerous oh no it is because if you're living next to an oil refinery and you get a weird tumor on your forehead i don't know you're not gonna think it away no and you could make the argument that yucky thoughts created that experience for you, but you didn't originate those thoughts. It ended up being some greedy person a thousand miles away hanging out in Nantucket for the weekend. So that's complicated. Um, you know, I mean, look, if you're a person that believes in miracles, which I do for the most part, um, it's got to come from somewhere. And I kind of like this. No, I don't kind of. I enjoy the idea that human beings are an expression of this intelligent energy. I like that idea. Um, 
I just really don't like this whole idea that sickness originates in the mind, but this new thought movement, if it's sounding familiar to anyone is very fundamental to Christian science. So this is where you get people that refuse to see the doctor and all those things. Um, Although new thought is neither monolithic nor doctrine in general, modern day, you know, religion, here are some core, some other core tenets, right? God or infinite intelligence is supreme, universal, and everlasting. So sometimes you hear, like if you're listening to a lot of new age stuff, you'll hear uh, you are a spiritual being having a human experience. Um, The idea being that you are asleep, essentially, in your life. You are, we, you, you were part of something infinite and purely joyful and completely full of light and healing. And you chose on some level to come through here so you could be part of the universe as a whole working itself out. Um, you know, super straightforward thinking. Yeah, um, basic stuff. Divinity dwells within each person and all beings are spiritual. The highest spiritual principle is loving one, one another unconditionally and teaching and healing one another, which I like. Yeah, that's not a bad, it's not, not. A, not a bad thing to believe. It's challenging. You know, we could, we could put together some really hard thoughts on that, but I think I I could have a long conversation about that actually, but our mental states are carried forward here. This is the big core. This is really where the secret, you can hear it here. Our mental states are carried forward into manifestation and become our experience in daily living. Um, There are two really big self, like some of the biggest American self-help books that came out really early on, we're talking early 1900s here, is The Master Key System and uh, by Charles F. Hanel. Hanel. And then I know most people have heard of Think of Gr- and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Think and Grow Rich is, I have to tell you, I have known a couple sociopathic business people and they all recommended Think and Grow Rich to me. So there's that. Yeah, that doesn't, surprise me because there there is I think one of the dangers of this is it can lead a person to become a little self-absorbed like once you start thinking you're the center of the universe and everything else around you happens because of you put that in the wrong hands and oh boy you get America yep um and I that's the thing actually I want to say the thing I find very ironic about the evangelical pushback for example of thoughts like this is that it's exactly what they're teaching also it's just that they've deferred it the only difference really that i can see as far as your daily life is that they don't believe that god is like that you're god and i'm god they don't believe that they, yeah. they've completely externalized it but there's a lot of other daily shit that looks a lot like this in my opinion especially i mean it's capitalistic in my opinion but. yeah the the big difference is the location of the god you're praying to is it inside you or is it in heaven like that's he, that's yeah. kind kind of the yeah. the the key difference. What this one thing I I didn't realize evangelicals have a problem with the secret, but it doesn't surprise me. But this the movie we're going to review reminds me a whole lot of another batshit insane movie out there that we reviewed on the conspiracy podcast called The Trump Prophecy, which is a it's based on actual events. This fucking guy in I think either California or Texas uh, was watching TV and somehow got it in his head that Trump was supposed to be our next president. And this was in like 2014. And what happens is his wife ends up using, she was a, an, an evangelical leader and she yeah. ends up using all of her connections to put together this daily prayer call. Yep. You've talked to me about this. It's- and by the, by the end, she had like 150,000 people on these calls each day all thinking, like, all directing their thoughts and energy toward Trump should be president, Trump should be president. Yeah. So if evangelicals have a problem with this, then you have to have a problem with the Trump prophecy, too, because it's the same fucking thing. It's the same That's idea. Not because, because Jesus is not involved in any of this. Actually, oh, yeah, kind of is, but no, I mean, look, I, <laughs> I, I don't know how to wake those people up. I don't know what to say. I, no. I, it, it, it is what it is. But anyway, so I will say that, um, so Think and Grow Rich, Think and Grow Rich is really interesting. There's a free podcast out there that just literally is a guy reading the text. And I, I would recommend it for people because he gets, the last part is pretty fascinating because basically he, Napoleon Hill suggests that you create like a council in your mind 
of all of your heroes. So in his, it was like Thomas Edison and Abraham Lincoln and a couple other heavy hitters. Um, and you talk to them, which to me sounds very similar to, you know, talking your reality into existence. I don't know. I, I yeah, whatever, whatever works. Um, the science of getting rich is the book that changed our fearless leader of the secret that changed her life. Um, this is what's interesting about the science of getting rich is that it's based in the Hindu philosophy. All is one and uh, one is all. Um, and again, we're talking about the same thing. Yep. Interestingly enough, it's this idea that Adam, there's really no separation between you and I, we are both part of the same thing, trying to express itself and experience itself. And you and I are friends for a reason, which I mean, who's going to deny that? Right. Yeah. Right. The okay. universe brought us together. Yes. Well, I feel that way. Um, there's a pro there's a really problematic figure that's cited in the secret, and I would like to ask that we do a completely spit full spinoff episode on this woman because I didn't really know anything. I knew a little bit about her. I knew the quotes. I've I've seen some quotes and stuff from her. Yeah. But she's kind of a little bit like Rasputin, a little bit like. She has a history that she literally her child. Oh, well, I should, okay, her name is Helena Blavatsky, mm-hmm. and um, she's a Russian, a very controversial Russian occultist, philosopher, and author who co-founded the Theosophical Society in 1875. Hmm. Yeah, okay. I had never heard of her either. Okay, so to be a Russian woman who then founded a philosophical society on any on any level is interesting to me because they oh, are sure. they are not a fan it's a, it's a i mean there's a very famous russian saying a bad day in america is a good day in russia so yeah. to to have the drive to create something like that on your own that's an impulse that i don't know where that came from for her you know there's yeah. there's no pioneering spirit in russia is what i'm trying to say right <laughs> Her biographer, a name by Peter Washington, described her as a short, stout, forceful woman with strong arms, several chins, unruly hair, a determined mouth, who knows what that means, and large, liquid, slightly bulging eyes. What a looker. Was she a fucking alien? I can, based on this description, I can see why she felt the need to cultivate a personality. I love unruly hair that's great i mean she never got the urge to herbal is what it sounds like that's a (laughs) 90s joke i don't even know how many of our listeners are even going to know what that meant but anyway (laughs) she is noted as having conflicted beliefs and in some places her work was overtly anti-semitic so she's just like walt disney yeah um so that's kind of spooky that that there's some dna of this woman here in the secret but again like what we talked about earlier you know it's it's not hard for me to imagine somebody thinking that they're the center of the universe and then you know needing to remove themselves from negativity i can't can't imagine how that would go south no no of course not so fundamentally the you know the core concept for her and this is where we start to see this again is that there is an ancient there was an ancient wisdom and this ancient wisdom existed everywhere and she was one of these people that believed that this ancient wisdom was you know flowing through her and to her credit i do think it would be pretty revolutionary in russia specifically at her time to be kind of on the team of we're all part of something much greater and i'm not talking about russia (laughs) (laughs) yeah so like oh sure you mean communism right we're all part of that no 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 no. i'm actually this is bigger than that this is ancient this is before us you know, that is a pretty uh, interesting thought to have bubbled it out there in Russia. It's just, it's not very Russian. Well, I, especially in 1875. No, it might have been her unruly hair that made people afraid to argue with her. <laughs> I don't know. It's a bummer that she had some ugh, racist dish. I feel like every time, you know, it's like these people were all racists. Anyway, the next guy that we've got here is Norman Vincent Peale. And um, he was an American minister known for his work for popularizing the concept of positive thinking. Guess what his book is called, Adam? Uh, Tenet. Close. Okay. The Power of Positive Thinking. Oh, that was going to be my next guess. Damn it. I know. So I find it very interesting. You know, this is a Methodist minister, definitely not evangelical. 
And I do feel the need to explain something to people if they don't understand this. Not all Christians are evangelical Christians. This is like very important for people to realize. Well, it's it's the same as not all Muslims are fundamentalist Muslims. Yes. How ironic that we find ourselves here having this conversation. And prior to, I believe, World War II, conservative Christians did call themselves fundamentalist Christians. And at some point they realized, nope, people don't like that term. So they just changed it, but they didn't change the way they think. Like a fundamentalist believes the Bible is like, they believe in a strict interpretation of the Bible. Right. Which is why to kind of go back to answer your question, this is why evangelicals have an issue with the secret is because it's not the Bible. Yeah. It's not that. I mean, basically it's like, this is another manual for life. And if there's another manual for life, it's wrong because it's not the Bible. That's fundamentalist thinking. That's evangelical thinking. And yes, evangelicals are fundamentalists. Say it with us, everybody. Evangelicals are fundamentalists. Yeah. And and I think that is a good thing to point out because I think those two groups get lumped in together a lot. Like just. It shouldn't because there are, I am, I am standing because I had so many amazing Christian people in my life do the Christian thing and help me out. So I, I just, yeah. yeah. And by the way, all of those people have left evangelical Christianity at this point. So, you know, they have a church they like, but they're, they're not on, they're not on this, they're not on that train. So. Right. Cool. Um, anyway, so he, he was raised a Methodist ordained minister. He just seems like a really nice guy. Yeah, and, probably. And really just wanted people to kind of, you know, you think about it, 1922, we're, we got a lot of sadness going on, especially in America. We've got people with PTSD that have never been diagnosed with that because it doesn't exist yet. And, um, you know, you've got extreme poverty and literally the only group think thing that was happening is the Bible, but there's you know, that there's a lot of sad shit, shit in the Bible. Like it's, oh, it's yeah. a dark thing. So this guy comes along and tries to kind of siphon out like, Hey guys, like what if we weren't like convinced the world was going to end all the time? Like what's going to happen if we go there? So that seems to be kind of where he's coming from. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This next piece is the biggest piece, I think, of the secret, Yeah. especially if we want to move this into today. Okay, so everyone listening to this podcast, I would assume, has heard the phrase, the law of attraction. Now, that is what the secret hinges on, is this concept of the law of attraction. Now, before we parse out the law of attraction, we have to talk about the person who coined the term, right? So we've got the power of positive thinking. We have that nice little minister guy. Now here we have the law of attraction here. Here's the person. Actually, I can't even say that. This is where this term comes from. (laughs) The creator of the law of attraction is Abraham Hicks. Esther Hicks is an American inspirational speaker and author. Guys, don't worry. The podcast did not skip forward. I did just change that name. It will make sense in a moment. Esther Hicks co-wrote nine books with her late husband, Jerry Hicks, and presented like literally hundreds of workshops on this concept of the law of attraction. Hicks books include the series, The Law of Attraction. And according to Esther, the law of attraction has been translated to her from a group of non-physical entities that are collectively referred to as Abraham. Okay. Hicks describes what she's doing as tapping into an infinite intelligence. That sounds familiar. Yep. Now, I want to fully disclose that I've actually read a couple of the books that came out of this place, and I've actually found them very helpful. Um, I don't really care where this person thinks they're getting this information. (laughs) Yeah. 
really matter to me um, because the difference between something like this and let's say, let's just bring up evangelical Christianity again. I don't have to assign my life away to any institution for reading or finding these things interesting. Now with the Bible, it's basically, or not the Bible, but with evangelical Christianity, there's this really famous uh, question, right? And it's, I'm putting question in quotation marks because evangelicals get this question all the time when they're out there witnessing. And the big question is, well, what about that kid in Africa, which is very similar to Dave Chappelle's question. What about that kid in Africa who's never heard the gospel, which is Jesus came to earth as the son of God, died for our sins, and you have to accept that as his person. He's your personal Lord and Savior, so you can go to heaven. If you don't accept that, then you go to hell. But what about that kid in Africa that never heard the gospel? And what evangelicals are trained to say is, well, it doesn't matter because now you have. So, so you've been given this monkey paw, basically. Is, yeah. Is the, uh, is the whole thing. So with this, is she tapping into ancient something or others? I find it interesting that, that all of these practices that have been pushed together as the secret do all have this in common. They are all saying that it is coming from an ancient intelligence, one way or another, and usually channeled by people. Do that with, do that, well, I don't care what you believe in. It just, that's where it is. That's what the secret is. So- so now here we are, Adam. Yeah. We are talking about the secret Woo. and how it works now that we know where it came from. Let's or, change some lives. Ready? Yes. It manifests through your thoughts, Adam. Okay. So your thoughts draw your reality to you, not unlike a magnet. Yeah. And this this is, I bet if you read every book along these lines, that's in it. Exactly. It's in the Secrets of Superselling book. Like there's a whole chapter about it. Tony Robbins gives, I mean, this is it. And so I think there is a lot of truth to this. And I think that, I think there are people on this, everybody knows someone, or you may be one of these people, who just seems to always have shit going on. And if, you know, if you look closely at these people, they're not the most positive people on the planet. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's definitely something to be said for just being a completely negative person. Like you're, it's, it's sort of a, and this is a criticism I've seen of the secret is it's kind of a confirmation bias sort of thing where if you think the world sucks, you're going to look for reasons to uh, believe the world sucks. And if you think there's good in the world, you'll, you know, if you take that to an extreme, you're going to end up excusing a lot of bad behavior because you're like, no, Everyone's good at their core. Yeah, because I think inherent in this concept of universal law and all these things, there there is there's some risk taking involved. Like there is some there is some risk taking. But I I would come back to this, which is like if you don't know how to listen to your instincts, I don't know what to tell you. But right. a lot of people don't. A lot of people have never spent time understanding their instincts which is, you know, what I was talking about at the beginning. And I had this nervous breakdown because I realized, like, I just, I didn't know how to listen to myself. I'm not talking about ancient knowledge. I'm just talking about, like, I was in a job that I hated. And why was I okay with that? Yeah. Like, why was I okay with that? I had come through five open heart surgeries and I, I hated my job. Yeah. What What's that about? So anyway, all right. So again, you, your brain is a magnet. It draws certain realities to you. The law and power that brings into your life can help you with your plans. So now we're, we're, we're in a key change, right? We're, we're not just dealing with the idea that your brain is a magnet. It's, there is this concept that this force that is working for good, that is that little voice inside of you, you can co-create your reality with this force. I mean, that's a very buzz termy thing, right? Um, the, this power can create situations and circumstances that you want. Uh, it just depends on how you feel about it. So this, these, there are very extreme examples in the secret. There are very, people have all sorts of weird stories like this. So we're talking about radical healing. We're talking about money coming in out of nowhere, your dream job, yada, yada. Right. It also has to has the power to draw into your life, the things you want and helps you achieve your dreams. So now it's also like the, the third wave of this is once you start to see this working, you get more confidence and you achieve more. So it's a snowball effect of energy. Um, essentially, you are a transmission tower. This is from the book. 
transmitting a frequency with your thoughts. And that's an important detail just because it is uh, stolen from another book. The Rhonda Byrne was sued over this yep, by... That's why I'm bringing it up. I, I knew you would know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go on, Adam. <laughs> yeah, she was, she was sued by an Australian holistic healer named Vanessa Bonnet, who on her website detailed, I think, a hundred instances of plagiarism in The Secret that come from this book. And that, that one point that you are like a human transmission tower transmitting a fr- frequency with your thoughts comes from Vanessa Bunnett's book. Yeah. And, and then The Secret, what really bothered me when they defended themselves over that, they were like, well, that's a thing that's been mentioned in a whole bunch of books like this. And it's like, well, then what you're talking about isn't a secret. And that's the secret. Yeah. The secret is it's not a secret. Do you know that I knew you would know this and that this is how the episode would start to, to, to wrap up? Because the whole point of this, guys, is that the secret is not, it might be one of the greatest misnomers ever. It's just basically, it should be called like Cliff's Notes. Yeah. <laughs> It's not, it's not, it shouldn't be a secret to anyone that if you believe in yourself, you can achieve things. I would say that there are other books, actually Abraham Hicks has some really interesting stuff. There's, there's Gabby Bernstein, there's fucking Tony Robbins. There's all these people out there that I think much more responsibly help lead a person to integrating real belief in yourself, not fake it till you make it. And fake it till you make it, by the way, is another huge principle of the secret that I have a huge problem with. Like, oh yeah. That is, that's, that's basically like saying like, oh, just drive your car. Like there's no oil in it, but just think that there's oil in it. And you're not going to have a, that's not going to work. No. Um, there's so much work you have to do. If, if you're, if you're at a place in your life where you really are struggling with, with loving yourself and seeing value in yourself, you have to work on that first. And that comes from facing trauma that comes from seeking help. That comes from maybe working on some habits that have to do with substances in some cases, um, confronting ways that you're numbing out. That There's a lot. I did all of that. It's hard, hard work. After yeah. you do all of that, this stuff is very helpful. Right. <laughs> but until you're willing to really, I mean, it's why, you know, AA is helpful because there's a big part of it. One of the steps is a fearless and moral inventory of your character. That is rough. Oh, yeah. That is not easy. But it's necessary. If you want to make a change, you have to change. Yeah, it's it's the difference between knowing that there are bad characteristics about you and addressing them and fixing them, which is a healthy thing. Whereas the secret, I think, approaches that idea as more along the lines of, well, just ignore that and just pretend it's not there and eventually it won't be there. It's like, well, yeah, and well. It, it, it is hyper capitalistic because it's the concept that things and accomplishments will make you happy. Right. And they don't. No. And we know this. We still kind of believe it. I still kind of believe it sometimes. Right. I mean, who doesn't like, God, if I had this, then I'd be really happy. But my mental breakdown came about because I had a wonderful husband, a good paying job and a healthy child. And I was fucking miserable and I didn't know why. And it scares me to see people buy into these quick self-help processes, or even like, I would even extend this to things like Whole30 or, you know, diet boot camp, all of this shit. Like, I mean, get healthy. I'm not saying don't get healthy, but I'm saying you've got to do a lot of, of the underground, the invisible work, the mushroom work, Haha, <laughs> tying it back to my vision board for the episode. <laughs> Dealing with the ugly stuff that you don't want people to see before any of this is going to make you feel good because you could, sure, I believe that you could manifest millions and millions of dollars into your life and be unhappy. And I know that because that's who our president is. Yeah. You can't tell me that's a happy guy. No, no, definitely not. not. a happy man. And I, I do think, like I said at the top of the episode, that the secret and the, the way the secret presents these ideas is how you end up with someone like Trump because it excuses all of your negative qualities as long as you're focused on a goal. And as long as you achieve that goal, everything that happened behind it uh, was good and was meant to be. And and to kind of 
further drive home this con this conversation that we've woven into here about evangelical Christianity. Somewhere along the lines, and I don't understand how, there something happened where that world began to accept the ends justify the means. Yeah. And that's what this could possibly bring into a person's life if you just look at it from that perspective. It's why I'm suggesting, you know, if you are curious about manifesting and journaling and vision boarding, all these things, you should do it because I do all that stuff and it makes me feel great. But um, it's tapped into something a lot deeper, which is for me, a concept of mutual flourishing. It's like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to move forward if it's just me. I don't, I want everyone to be happy and healthy. And it's why I'm really honest on this podcast about where I come from, you know, mentally and spiritually, because I don't want people to think that they can't go after this stuff, but I want them to be careful, you know, and, and, and have both hands on the wheel when this is going down, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so, you know, the problems, you know, here at the end, I have <laughs> three bullets, some problems let's discuss. Uh, I, I really don't like this concept of bad things happen because of your thoughts. I just, yeah. And that I have real, I have real issues with that. I, I mean, yeah, sure. On some level, that's obviously true. Yeah, but it it leaves out that you have to be at a certain level of comfort or privilege in your life for that to really apply. Yeah. And I think that's where it goes back to the kid in Africa or yeah, someone who's <laughs> someone who's just born into extreme poverty. Uh, a lot of times there are environmental factors. There are social factors that go into that. And the secret kind of ignores all that and is like, well, you're just thinking wrong and not working hard enough. And if you just do that, then everything will be fixed. And it's like, no, like, what about police violence? Are we going to secret our way out of police violence? Definitely not. Like, they need to change. No, but ironically, it does come from the ends justify the means. Yes, absolutely. Um, the other thing that I want to name and be specific about is something called toxic positivity. Um, so that goes, it's a little bit more specific. Um, toxic positivity is something that has been a real pain in the ass in my life. I mean, I hate it when people gloss over the reality that I'm facing in, because really toxic positivity exists because you're in a conversation that makes you uncomfortable and you want the person who's being vulnerable with you to shut up. That's what toxic positivity is. Yeah. And that comes from buying too much into these kinds of ideas. Um, that's where it comes from. You know, I don't think toxic positivity is even a natural human instinct, frankly. I mean, for me, if you look at the way our brains work, we're drawn to negativity. We're fascinated by negativity. So if you're shutting someone down for being honest with you, or if you're shutting yourself down for being honest about your situation, that's toxic positivity. I cannot think of a more destructive dynamic than bringing that into like a romantic relationship. Cause that is really how you make a person feel fucking crazy. I, yeah. I was really, really lucky to be married to somebody that was like willing to let me not be okay for a little while because if I had been married to someone that was like, Hey, you know, just eh, that's gaslighting. It <laughs> so is. That would have been really bad. Um, because sometimes toxic positivity is also really just trying to make a person feel like their reality isn't happening. And uh, it's just really bad. Um, and then finally, I just think on that note, these kinds of things can be really dangerous with people with mental health issues. So absolutely. Uh, kind of across the spectrum. So first of all, there's the depression, there's the anxiety, there's this, right? And they can be very victimized by it. But then you get into things like personality disorder and sociopathy and all these other things. And it can really justify a lot of behavior even outside of their mind and make it very real. Um, we see this in the workplace a lot. Um, you know, I, I would be particularly uh, suspicious of books that your company gives you to read. <laughs> oh yeah. That's happened to me a lot. I'm not saying all of them are bad. I I'm just saying be careful because a lot of them are written to shut you up and make you feel crazy. So, yep. um, and they don't feel bad about it. They think they're helping you. I mean, that's the most important thing that I'm trying to say is that like this po toxic positivity, uh, these other things, these people think they're doing the right thing, which yeah. is very scary. So it is. But to circle it all back, I do think you manifest your reality on a lot of levels. I do think that you're the person that 
I mean, I'll share something very personal right now. So uh, I just recently was put on some medication for anxiety. And the reason why I did it was because I could see that I was, my, my mind was overriding the core tenets that I know to be true of myself. I was saying and doing things that I knew were not me. And I knew that it was because anxiety was overriding that. And I was acting out of fear. And I'm not talking like from a woo-woo space. I was talking, I'm talking about like my nervous system was lit up like Las Vegas and I was in fight or flight and I was making decisions based on that, but that wasn't what was happening. You know, my, my brain was seeing a stuffed teddy bear and thinking it was a grizzly bear. It's the only way I know how to say it. Yeah. Um, and I think there are a lot of people out there right now that are going through this because there's a pandemic going on and whether or not you're conscious of it, we're all going to the grocery store wondering if this is the time I get COVID and die. Like that's, that's just on everybody's mind. But the reason why I was able to parse out the anxiety from who I was is because I had done all this other work and all of that other work came from therapy and from these really neat principles that I do think work. So I just wanted to put all of that out there. Yeah. And I, I don't think there's nothing to the idea that if you think your world is one way long enough, like, again, I think it goes back to confirmation bias. I'll share something personal about me. Uh, I've been way into the band Corn lately. Oh, really? And Corn's last album is called The Nothing. And okay. that is one taken from The NeverEnding Story. But yep. also, Jonathan Davis, the lead singer of Corn, described coming up with that title. Uh, he says, The Nothing to him is it represents this thing that's been following him his whole life where just bad things happen all the time and you he feels like he was never able to shake it and i think that does kind of speak to confirmation bias because then the like the examples he'd bring up would be like like when we were recording this album at one point a bunch of mics broke and it's like dude those are electronics they're not fucking infinitely operable like things break like that's not a negative force following you. It's just a thing that's happening. But if you think that way and think, well, everything that happens in my life is negative, every negative thing that happens, you're going to be like, see? And then anytime something good happens, you're going to get it in your head that, well, that's not going to last. Like it's, yeah. and then I think it, it starts to get into self-sabotage and things like that. Like it, it is a very dangerous way to think, but it's also, equally dangerous to say, well, all of your circumstances in life are because you're thinking negatively. Like it's one yeah, of those I, things that there's no clear cut answer. It's like no one's completely right or wrong. It's just everyone needs to kind of meet in the middle on stuff like that. Well, you know, here's the thing. This is the, the best way I know how to put it. Like it's being a person is hard. Oh yeah. There is not a single religious text that exists that tells you it's easy. It's one of the one things they all agree on. And I think the way to express value in yourself to yourself, the best thing you can do to yourself is to struggle with this and enjoy it and feel it and hurt by it and all of those things, because that's, that's how you know you're here. That's how you know you're trying and being present. You know, I, I think that there's a real tragedy when somebody assigns themselves fully and completely to an idea and then just turns that side off and makes it about like a manual. Yeah. Because then you, then now you're building a self-flagellation machine and that's a real waste of your really special. I mean, you really are. If you're listening to this right now, you need to consider that like, there's literally no one out there that's you and that's really great. And there are people that love you that want you to really be here. I mean, one of my favorite quotes of all time is Meryl Streep, which is, um, I want to feel my life while I'm in it. And that's really kind of my philosophy. I just want to feel it. I don't, yeah. I don't need it to be good all the time. And spoiler alert, good things end, but so do bad things. So making your happiness hinge on things beginning and ending is the first step towards being a very unhappy person, in my opinion. Yeah, it's one of my problems with how people are reacting to COVID. Like this idea that, well, if I have to wear a mask or my kid has to learn from home, that's just how it's going to be forever. And no, like this shit's going to pass. Like it will come to an end. Like the way we're living right now isn't going to be forever. Yeah. So just do what the fuck you have to do to get through it and then come out the other side and live your life as normal again. I think that right now, 
we're seeing something bear out that happens to be very true, which is the angriest people are usually the loudest people. So those are the people we're hearing from the most right now. Yeah. But I do believe, and I have faith that there are many, many, many people all over the world that have taken this opportunity to look at their life seriously. And I believe that on the other side of this, we're going to see an unbelievable flourishing of presence is really the only word I know how to say it. It's like, we're here, like we are here. And there was a system that I was really giving my life to that did not back me up in the end. It did not help me. It did not help my family. And that system, by the way, is not a feeling living thing. It was something we built passively and bought into passively. And here's the great news. That means we can change it and we can change it intentionally, which is part of the reason why I like this shit because it is about intention. And if we are in a space where everybody right now is kind of in this, like, hold the fucking phone. (laughs) Wait a minute. That's a good thing. It is. Yeah. Overall, it's a very good thing. And we are living in a time for the first time in, I don't, a very long time that the whole world is going through the same thing at the same time. There's not a person on the planet that doesn't know what COVID is. And I think that's a gift. It's like, we're all fighting in the, on the same side in the same battle. That's amazing. I am never going to take a hug for granted ever again. Yeah. Ever. I think about all the hugs. I, I mean, you know me, I'm a hugger. I love big me hugs. Too. I'm a tall woman. I'm 5'10". So I give a good hug. I'm a good hugger. Agreed. And I think of all the hugs I gave and enjoyed all of them. But I was able to do it with safety and freedom that I just, I hadn't appreciated. And I didn't even really consider myself somebody who didn't appreciate the people that they love in their life. But what I had taken for granted was access to those people. Right. And I never will again. Yeah. Yeah. If this hasn't made you value the relationships you have in your life more, uh, I don't know, maybe you need to read The Secret or something. You need, something. You need and to also, get a self-help book in your life. Can we also just feel a little gratitude for the fact that those toxic relationships definitely do not survive this shit? No, no. <laughs> those motherfuckers. This is a good, it's a good time to ghost on those shitty friends. This is great. So all you have to do, stop replying. Yep, that's it. Block that number if you need to. Bye. Yeah. Because you're not going to see him at a party anytime soon anyway. It'll yeah. be no. No, it's going to be like 2023 before we're hitting parties again. Man, can't wait. Yeah. I'm going to start working out now. Get ready. Yeah. I've been working out recently for the first time in a long time. And, uh, it's eye-opening, isn't it? <laughs> it sure is. Boy, does it hurt when I stand up right now. Yeah. Because yeah. I've been sitting for like six straight months. Oof. I know. I, I, I went for a two-mile walk the other day. I thought I was going to die. So, But anyway, the secret, guys, uh, is that there's a lot of different ways to to tackle this concept of positive thinking and and there's probably um, better ways to do it than the secret yeah i would actually say that the secret is a great introduction it's a nice sampler platter if you will to other ways in but please don't stop there because it's not enough no no uh i think that's our episode right yeah yeah except there is one thing the secret did not manifest what's that a good movie yeah you would think (laughs) given how effective they talk about the secret being you would think they would have manifested a better movie into being and they they did not really did not oh my god no and that's what we're talking about next week the secret dare to dream don't spend your 20 dollars on it until you listen to this next week's podcast or maybe do yeah maybe just watch it you're if you're stuck at home i don't know what the fuck else you're doing yeah, if you're the kind of person who enjoys watching bad movies. Yeah, this is it. Also, you will not be able to look away. I can promise you that. It will captivate you for an hour and 47 minutes. It, it truly will because it is it is hypnotizing in a weird way. Because you're waiting for the movie to start the entire time. Yes. And it never does. It's a giant exposition. It's amazing. <laughs> That's as much as we're going to say. We'll see you guys next week. It'll be amazing. Yeah. Uh, do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? Drop us a VM. Oh yeah. We have gotten a few. Uh, more, 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 more. I want more. Anchor.fm slash pretty scary. Leave us a voicemail there. 
once we have enough, we'll do a, a bone con episode where we just respond to your voicemails. Or maybe we'll make it a public episode. We should. Depends should we? on how hard you think about it, people at home. Oh, boy. Do you want that episode to be public? Manifest it. Manifest it. Just manifest it, Caitlin. Just do it. Why don't you manifest things? Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so do that. Follow this podcast on uh, Twitter at Pretty Scary Boo. And, uh, yeah, well, just know that Tiny Stalker manages it. He can be a real dick. Well, I mean, he does clear his tweets with me first, so I bear some responsibility. I, I don't really understand how this approval process got put in place, but... I didn't know doo-doo person was a bad thing. I thought it was like you do things, like you're a doer. I don't think he is saying that about me. I think he's literally saying I made a fecal matter. Well, Caitlin, I think you just need to see the good in people. And you're not wrong. You're I think wrong. you're engaging in some negative thinking right now. No, and, I need uh, to really take an S, a yes and approach to life. I'm going to go as far as to say that tweet was your fault. I probably manifested it. I think so. So oh, well. follow Pretty Scary Boo to find out what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> yes, please. And uh, I think that's it. Let's get the fuck Woo-hoo. out of here. Caitlin, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Oh, my God.